This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Tom and Warren on Joy. The October edition of Star Observer is out now on the street. Matthew Wade, the editor, has joined us in the studio. Good morning, Matt. Hey, how's it going? And well, a pretty picture on the front. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is there a centrefold in this week? So, I mean, I've gone in there. and Look, uh, as much as I fight for it, it hasn't happened yet. But, I mean, I feel like we should bring that in. I mean, we have to give the audience what they want, right? Correct. And I'm I'm reading it. Can I be centrefold number one? Because I'd love a staple through my private bits. We need a first. So, if you're putting your, throwing your hat in the ring, then let's, let's do it. So, you've spoken to Benjamin Law. Who's on the front cover? Yes, so um, a lot of people would have seen that the third, uh, sorry, the trailer for the third season of the Family Law recently came out. So the series was based on his memoir of the same name. Um, so I spoke with both Ben and actually his mum Jenny, which was really lovely um, a few weeks ago for the cover story, and it was nice to kind of chat to them both, I guess. Ben, first of all, about his experiences growing up on the Sunshine Coast, being both gay and Asian-Australian, but also from his mum's perspective, because I guess a lot of people don't really necessarily talk to the families of that person and how mm. what it was like for them as well. So she was kind of talking about how in some Asian-Australian circles it, is it, can, it can be quite conservative and hard for people to express themselves if they're part of the LGBT community. So, But, but she obviously has been great with Ben. And um, yeah, it was a really lovely chat. And she had some advice for parents of LGBTI kids? Yeah, it was advice... Um, that also doubled as kind of like, I guess, stern words because she's essentially saying like, look, if you are planning to have children um, and you're not willing to accept them regardless of whatever sexuality they may have or gender identity, then like you really shouldn't be having children. That was what she basically said because if you're kind of wanting to have kids and there are caveats or buts involved, then it's like, what's what's the point? Correct. I can tell you having three, you don't get to pick the ones that come out. Let me, yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it's just you, you take what you get. It's called Lucky Dip. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping the faith. Yeah, so well, this issue more broadly, I guess, um, we wanted to focus on cultural diversity. So we spoke to a number of queer people of colour and got a lot of queer people of colour to write for the magazine. Um, and one of our journalists actually wrote something about people that identify with the Greek Orthodox Church and that are also LGBT. And I guess on two flip sides, part of some of them, I guess, how they've kind of managed to make that finish their life despite some of the conservative views with that religion. And then the other ones who have kind of moved away from it because it didn't necessarily support them for their sexuality. And it's kind of speaks to a broader conversation around religion and sexuality. I mean, a lot of people know that there are plenty of LGBT people that identify with a particular religion, but it can be something quite difficult to reconcile. So we tried to highlight one in particular in this issue. Only love can hurt like this. Paloma Faith, we all love her. Yeah, well, that song you're playing, Only Love, that was actually, I think, her first number one song in Australia. I mean, she'd had quite a bit of success in the UK already at that stage, but this was her first big hit here, so a lot of people should hopefully recognise that song. But, um, yeah, we got to speak to her for this issue as well, which was really lovely, and I think um, she's always been a massive ally to the LGBT community, as many pop stars are, but I guess um, she very much puts her money where her mouth is because, I guess, coming up in kind of the cabaret and burlesque scene, she was working hand-in-hand with drag queens a lot of the time, and she actually in the piece identifies she said i oh, you know i'm pretty much a drag queen myself so um and actually she's coming to australia later this year to uh perform i guess a lot of the songs from her most recent album the architect and in that album um she sings a lot about a lot of, uh, plenty of social issues like whether it be lgbti rights or immigration or brexit or trump or whatever so it's one of those things where i mean a lot of artists these days you know talk up talk about 
the importance of political issues and speaking out, but then she's actually, you know, puts channeling that through her music and her work, which I think is really great. Nice to see. And but then we have a Brisbane-based youth worker is going to pen some useful guide for allies and how to be better. Yeah, so Sean's a Brisbane-based youth worker, as you said, and um, they basically wrote a piece for this issue um, for allies, which I guess we don't really focus on too much. I mean... People, I guess, are aware of the significance of allies, but I think a lot of people undermine their importance in the community. I mean, without allies, we wouldn't necessarily have the same kind of um, support more broadly or rights because they play an important role as well. And so Sean has written a piece kind of for allies on how they can be better allies uh, to both trans and non-binary people and then also people of colour as well, which is really nice. And it's written in a really accessible and fun way, which I think is important. Great article, but unfortunately it's preaching to the choir. I mean, well, I mean, this article needs to be found in the age. Or this, no, you know, I know you're right. I mean, I mean, having a go, but I mean, anyone that's reading the, the Star Observer, you're already preaching to the choir. No, I understand. And actually, that's part of the, the motivation behind a lot of the things that we publish, because uh, as much as um, mainstream press, and obviously you guys will be aware as well here at Joy, I mean, a lot of mainstream press these days are writing increasingly about LGBTI issues, but um, often they're kind of the issues that are more palatable or the ones that are quite serious that involve politics and things like this. But a lot of stuff that we try to cover, and I'm sure Joy does as well, um, are the things that aren't being uh, written or, or done there. And they're also done by people in the community, which is important as well. So I'm hoping um, beyond, obviously, this magazine, which we, ha- we have a straight readership to an extent as well, but you're right, it's preaching to the converted. So I'm hoping that it has a life beyond the magazine. It gets whether picked it's, up. Yeah, yeah uh, online and a- around. So yeah, no, it's, a, it's a good point. Matt, there's a lot of pressure for us, uh, gay men in particular, to have perfect bodies and body image is a big deal. You've spoken to someone with a disability. Yeah, um, I, I guess over the past couple of years, and we've tried to do as much as we can in that space, but um, a number of people that are living with a disability here in Melbourne that also identifies LGBT have spoken with me about the need. And it kind of ties into what I was saying earlier. I mean, a lot of those kind of stories in particular aren't really picked up by mainstream press. So um, if they're not being picked up by queer press, um, then I guess where are they where are they? You know, they're just not getting any visibility. So, yeah, for this issue, they're um, a young advocate, Eamon Barbaresco, who some people might, some listeners might recognise from around Melbourne. Um, he kind of wrote about uh, the pressure that gay men feel to, I guess, reflect a particular body image ideal and how that can be quite difficult when you mm-hmm. have a physical disability um, and how that's kind of played into some of the issues he's experienced in dating or relationships and things like this. So I think it's an important thing, just even if, uh, and that's something that I guess people in the community, some people in the community wouldn't even be, wouldn't mm. even think about because I guess, you know, unless you you know someone that, that's living with a disability or you've experienced it yourself, you might not understand some of those challenges. So yeah, it's a really, it's a really powerful piece. Sounds like a good article there, Matt. Uh, so we've got one about culture and queers. Yeah. So um, this actually probably extends beyond just um, LGBTI people, but obviously this has, this has been written through an LGBTI lens, but it's kind of looking about at cultural appropriation and how often like I mean we're coming up to Halloween now and then Christmas you know there are a lot of parties that'll happen and often people you know might wear culturally insensitive things or particularly gay men actually a lot of the time um, will adopt uh, like vernacular and slang used by like traditionally by African-American well, women. Well, definitely. I mean, we walk up and go, hey, girl. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, that's that's a very black Americans, you know, talk, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and the thing is, I don't, I know that, I don't imagine that people use that to try to be offensive in any way, but I do think that um, people might not be aware of that where that language comes from. I just think, oh, yeah, it's a gay thing, but actually, no, it was very much an African-American thing previously. And I think with shows like RuPaul's Drag Race, for example, where a lot of the white queens use that language, mm. it normalizes that and it kind of not takes it away, but co-opts it, I guess, from um, communities that actually originated that language. 
Matt, you also mentioned a uh, Victorian police officer has walked, what, 775 kilometres? Yeah, so um, uh, Jeremy, who is a constable with, uh, I think, the Collingwood Police Station, um, in July he spent, I think, 25 days walking 775 kilometres um, in northern Spain. And it's the trek that some people might be familiar with. It's called the Camino de Santiago. I'm not sure if our listeners are familiar, but um, it literally requires him, it required him, sorry, to work walk about eight hours a day nonstop. Um, and I guess as part of that, he raised money um, for Minus 18, like the LGBTI youth organization, which is really, really nice. And I was talking to him about, um, he was saying that he basically, he grew up in New Zealand. Um, and when he grew up, there weren't really many youth LGBTI-centered organizations for, to support him. So growing up, he kind of really wanted to give back to things that are doing that, like Minus 18. So when this came with this dream to do this trek came along he thought well, why not partner that with um some fundraising efforts and he managed to raise nearly four grand which is great so fantastic yeah it's a really nice story You'd be fit by the end of it too yeah <laughs> very good uh, uh very good addition there matt thank you very nice and um and even the picture of you is very well nice in there oh, your goodness. little cartoon i think it needs a bit of finessing i was just talking to this earlier about it with someone outside like it's the, i think the eyebrows i know i don't have thin eyebrows but my the eyebrows in the animation are a bit too thick i think i need a little bit of like no, maybe i'm just wishful thinking i don't know yeah, you need some work <laughs> a bit of a nip and tuck on the face, yeah. Where can we get a copy or read a copy? Uh, so if you want a physical copy, I mean, they're around many locations in Melbourne and surrounding suburbs, so you can find the locations on our website. Joy's obviously a great location, yeah. um, but you can also read the magazine online. Thanks, Matt. Matt Wade, editor of Star Observer. Thank you. Wake up with Tom and Warren. Thursdays for breakfast on Joy. Tune in to 94.9 in Melbourne. Stream live at joy.org.au or download the Joy app. Available via podcast at joy.org.au on iTunes or your favourite podcasting platform. Joy Podcasts, where you want them, when you want them. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.